Welcome you to another episode of Live Fix Radio. We're excited to have you guys with us today because we have some uh, some pretty big news. Yeah, we got gonna, some new. Uh, we have a new guest that will be uh, on the show here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the uh, you know the Catania household has uh, increased by one, and the Live Fix community, I'm happy to announce, has also grown. Uh, we have here. Uh, he's actually sleeping right now, but uh, as his mom holds him. But uh, we have our. Uh, Newest son, first son, uh, Calvin Christopher, uh, was born uh, about, what, 10, 10 days ago now? I don't know. Sleep def- deprivation has uh, started to hit in, and I can't keep track of the so days. So you can't say that you can't do a podcast with the baby. Right. Because I'm holding him while I'm but what day? I, what, what day are we on here? Is it, He's almost, <laughs> what, uh, 14 a week, days? A week and six days. 12 days or something? A week and a... Yeah. Yeah, so it's pretty awesome. You know, we have... Uh, I, I, I did share this uh, this news on on the blog, uh, lifefixblog.com, and, you know, it's something that we've uh, we've been doing for a while here, kind of looking at uh, babies, infants, what we as concert fans, as adults, learn from kids as they perform, uh, the impact of live music on kids, on babies, you know, on uh, just, and just putting all those things together and seeing what actually comes of it and... You know just how much the live music experience is really made up of all these uh, these different different people, little people, big people, you know, developments, all the whole you know the whole gamut. So we're super excited to actually have the unseen you know, and the seen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we went to shows where uh, you know you were uh, you know pregnant with uh, with Calvin, and you know we went to what I think a couple couple shows, you know, and we've talked about it on previous shows about what uh, you know. What that will be like, what how he will be uh, influenced. So, um, which makes me even more excited about our guest that we have on the show, um, person that we talked with uh, about uh, something called Camplified. Uh, her name is Amy Berger, and she is the founder and uh, owner of Camplified. And uh, what she has done is create a, a concert experience for for tweens and uh, age group, I believe, from 12 to 18. And a really unique experience, kind of a Lollapalooza traveling uh, camp experience. So imagine going to camp, but it being all about the concert experience and kind of merging those two together. So, um, and because we've done a lot of different experiments before with, uh, you know, kind of explore, uh, explorations into the, uh, you know, the, the, the child experience, what, what that's like for the, you know, for the brain development, how kids get up on stage, what's it like for, for kid fans to go to shows. So we asked all her, you know, all her, uh, asked her all those questions. And, uh, you know, she also shared some interesting perspectives on who she goes to concert with and why. So uh, we'll get into that uh, in the, uh, the heart of our interview for our, our show today. And, you know, what's, uh, what's also interesting is that, um, you know, over the last, uh, the last nine months, I think we've learned a lot about what you know what it looks like you know and kind of what we're looking forward to as new parents 
and concert fans. You know, what, what are some things that you're, you've been thinking about, Colleen, since uh, Calvin's been born or while, while, he, was, while he was growing? Well, in definitely your, your how we influence him and how others influence him, for sure. Uh-huh. Um, others, including music, including, including culture, including um, you know, entertainment, things like that. So I'm definitely trying to figure out what influences him, what doesn't influence him. And, you know, what, what it is really to be a parent. Yeah, I mean, it's really, uh, it's pretty, pretty amazing stuff. I mean, just for me, I've been uh, sitting with him and, you know, listening to live tracks. You know, earlier this morning, I was listening to Jimi Hendrix live at Woodstock. You know, I was listening to uh, just a whole host of other concert tracks, you know, and some instrumental stuff. Just wondering, as he sleeps and listens to this, and I'm working here, well, what What's the development going on in his mind? So, uh, you know, from time to time, we'll dive back into this topic. But for this entire show, that's what we're going we're gonna to head down that, uh, that path. And before we get to the interview, uh, we do have one quick note. We have an ongoing experiment, uh, as many of you know, about how mobile is impacting uh, the live music experience. So uh, what I did is I wrote a post called The Five Elements of the, pers- of the Perfect Concert Mobile App because... I feel that there is a lot of, uh, there's, there's lots of concert apps out there. There's ones that are, you know, virtual lighters. There's ones to find your favorite apps that sync up with your iTunes playlist. You know, there's lots of those out there. But there's really not a really good app, uh, even though we found some that are heading in that direction. There's not a really good app that brings together all the elements, media, experience, mood, emotions, into a really, you know, easy to use, something that could be, you know, social, do some storytelling. So, so I created this post, and I'd love for you guys to check it out and let me know what you, what you think. And we're going to have some mobile app developers come on the show and kind of talk a little bit more about this because I think this is something that we really need to do and spend some, some, you know, spend some good time thinking about it because, I mean, you, you love mobile. I mean, you're, you, know, you're, uh, you use your mobile phone a lot during concerts and also other, you know, other periods of your Absolutely. You know, so Absolutely, and, and I, you know, I, I think there, there just needs to be some more um, time and energy and, and money spent on some really good apps that can make the, li- the live concert experience or an entertainment event can make it more hands-on, more interactive. Yeah, you know, I really think that they could do that, and um, you know, I mean, I, I, there was a concert that we went to, um, Umphrey's McGee, which is like a local band, who you could actually text songs that you wanted, right? So it was the, yep. what was the concert called? Unibowl or what did they call it? Yeah, it was the uh, Umbowl. Umbowl, yep. yeah, that's it. Yeah, I'm And that was awesome. And that was a very small interactive piece, yep. but it was huge and people love that. And you, so you basically would text the song that you wanted. So I don't under, I guess I just don't understand why we're, we're not seeing more of that, more interactive, um, fan interactive things with mobile apps. Right. And I think there is a, you know, some of the things that I'm talking about of these five elements, there is a cost factor involved. You know, there's research, all those kinds of things. But I think, honestly, if, you, if we spend the money, there's going to be a huge return on that because not only do fans get a good experience on their mobile app uh, while they're playing around with it at the show, but you, if, if you design the right app, uh, this is a valuable device that could be used for bands to understand their fans better, they can market to them better, they could engage with them better at the shows instead of just worrying about them staring at the uh, mobile phone and not engaging with the with with the uh, you know, with the actual performance itself. 
uh, they, they can engage with them. And then venue owners, they can also understand that. They can you know, pull lots of really valuable data out of that. You know, as we talk about big data is a, is a term used to say that with social media, people are creating umpteen amount, just insane amounts of data through these social networks. And what better than to design an app that leverages that, takes that through and, and puts it into a way that you can storytell it. And all that storytelling is valuable for fans, bands, you know, and brands. So everybody can kind of come together on this app. And, you know, it's exciting to see what we can do. And I think the more that's, you know, developed and looked at, that there really is something there that uh, I don't think cost will be too much of an issue once everybody starts to see the value, you know, in that. And we get the right people together to start creating that. So, um that post is up on LiveFix. Again, it will be in the show notes, uh, livefixblog.com for, for that. So go ahead and check that out. I think you guys would uh, definitely uh, enjoy that. And we'd love to get your thoughts on that. If you're a mobile app developer and you're, you're kind of on this train of thought or, you know, you've been thinking about it, you know, let us, let us know. Give us a buzz at 773-609-4341. And uh, love to hear what you think about uh, developing the perfect concert mobile app. So the other... Uh, the other things that we uh, quickly want to uh, share with you guys is uh, obviously, you know, we're, in the, we're into the fall season, and a couple of the big fall concerts and festivals that are going on right now is ACL, the uh, Austin City Limits Festival. Uh, I've been watching some of the uh, feeds come out of out of there, and it looks like uh, fans are having great great time down in uh, down in Austin. So if you guys are at that festival, if you've been to uh, you know ACL Festival, I know we saw that 3D. 3D concert that was uh, mm-hmm. captured, uh, some uh, Ben Harper and stuff like that a few years ago. Uh, but it looks like fans are having lots of uh, lots of fun. Uh, some, Austin some of the... is definitely a live music <laughs> capital of well, the it United is a, States. It, I mean, it's, it's, it is officially very close. The, to, it was voted. Yeah, you know? it I is. Mean, I mean, if you get a chance to see anything, any live music in Austin, do it because it's just it's a the whole atmosphere is 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 awesome and um, it has a long history of live music. Yeah, yeah, great, uh, great place. So, uh, any stories coming out of ACL Festival? Let us, let us know. We'd love to hear what you guys are experiencing down there. What you like, what you don't like, what bands are uh, really uh, rocking your world uh, out there. Uh, that just about does it. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and jump into uh, into the interview here, and we'll come back. We'll wrap, wrap up the show. But uh, here is Amy Berger, and uh, we'll catch you guys on the flip side. All right, Amy. Thank you very much for uh, for joining us. I've uh, been looking forward to uh, talking more about the uh, Campified story. So, uh, can you can you tell us how you, how this got started and you know kind of what uh, what inspired you to go ahead and you know do uh, do Campified? Sure. Um, yeah, I was actually in on the record label side of the business. I was an attorney um, working at a major. And I came from a family that had been in the music business, but to some extent on the talent side and felt really, um, you know, pro about about um, uh, proactive in the lives of, of talent and maybe not so much, you know, not anything being against labels, but just trying to really understand how, you know, each side could play 
into the success, you know, of another. And I um, left the record label side of the business. I started representing producers and songwriters. Those producers and songwriters helped get um, artist development deals. We ended up with some label deals. Once we had the label deals, uh, the type of artists that we were representing, it became uh, pretty evident that we were not um, going to uh, be in a position where, you know, we were going to get immediate tour support. And if we weren't going to get immediate tour support and we weren't going to have a commercial song on radio because, you know, you're developing a band, we had to find some other way to, to do that. I went to camp as a kid. I was at a camp where we had sports celebrities coming in. I was an athlete at the time, and I thought, oh, my God, what an amazing inspiration to have these athletes coming into camp, teaching us um, on a level that, you know, was different from anything we had ever experienced. And I thought, well, can something like that apply to bringing a rock concert inside to summer camp for these artists to play to a captive audience of kids. And we found very quickly um, from our first year of doing this and prior to that, going through some focus groups and talking to people on all different sides of the business and camp directors, that this might be a great way to introduce uh, talent to these younger kids who wanted to be the first to discover. And um, before you knew it, we were really honestly, you know, in business. Of course, you know, you go through a lot of things to get there, but that was really the beginning of it. And it was a necessity, I guess you could say. I was a manager with, with a need myself. And then before you knew it, it was, you know, an actual business, not just for myself, but, you know, a marketing vehicle for others. What, what did you guys learn the most during the first, uh, you know, the first, you know, a few years of, uh, of doing it. Um, what, what was the, uh, the feedback like from, uh, from the kids themselves, you know, or the younger, uh, you know, from the artists? Well, the artists, um, I mean, they found it really, um, exciting from their end and something extremely unique because here they are playing for this captive audience of kids. And if they spend and do the time during the day at the activities that we have, that we incorporate brands and the campers and the artists, the, by the time the artists um, hit the stage, it's the finale. And the kids really feel as if they've, they know these artists. And if they know these artists, um, they, you know, they tend to pay attention more. They tend to root them on. It's not like they needed to know them a year in advance. Um, they, they really kind of get interested almost instantaneously because, you know, there is some kind of awe factor where it's like, you know, um, or in awe where, you know, Hey, I might be interested in music. I can't believe this artist just gets up and is my own age and is doing what they're doing. But most of these artists were, you know, developing artists that had a story already. There was something going on with them that, that made it interesting to a camper. The artists felt that getting in front of this audience, unlike, unlike a venue, when you are at a venue, you are going to hopefully play for somebody, sometimes nobody. Sometimes your audience is not even the, the audience that can come to a venue. They're not old enough. So the audience itself is, is a crucial thing. And these kids that come from all different types of summer camps um, are not necessarily like, for example, if I went to camp, I'm sorry, if there was a camp in New York, doesn't mean I'm from New York. Mm -hmm. 
that's true of my camp. I went, I was from Florida and I went to camp in New York. So you're getting a demographic and a geographic of people that come from all different places, not just within 10, 20, 30 miles of that particular venue. And they thought that was really interesting to play a camp in New York, but you're hitting kids from the South Hmm. or vice versa. So that was something of an inch of a different perspective for them that they really said, well, obviously you can't get anywhere else. You know, usually you go to your first concert experience and it's somebody that's, you know, a lot older than you or, you know, you're going with somebody, you know, that's, you know, a parent or something like that or maybe your friends. Uh, how, how is that? What was, what was it like from the fan, you know, from the from some of the campers? What were they what were they saying? Uh, during their experience for them you you kind of hit the nail um on the head with with your first comment for them yes many many of them it's their first experience of a concert but in this day and age you know many kids have gone to concerts at a young age what i think they get out of this also is what i call the touch and feel and i mean that in you know a proper way i always say to the camp what your kids are going to get today is a VIP experience. They don't need a pass. They don't need a guest list to go backstage. There is no backstage. Hmm. Everybody is a VIP, and everybody is in this to get to um, feel like there's that one-on-one intimacy with the artist and the camper, and really one-on-one, even though there's a lot of kids, but the artists really make a strong effort to spend time with these kids and for these kids to do Q and A's and ask them questions and, um, and get to do, um, clinics with them, guitar, drum, you know, um, bass, you know, there's, there's so many things that come along and it's taught by the artist, not by somebody else, but you know, what the kid really wants to do is hang with, with the rock star. So I think the, the level of, of, like I said, that touch and feel, that sense of intimacy has been the things that the kids have spoken most about. It's one of their um, extreme memories from camp. You know, I, I like I said, I went to camp. I know the experience. I know what I felt. So, you know, I know the things that were the highlights. I know the things that I'll never forget. Um, I think one of the more exciting things for a camper is when we find out after camp, because this happens a lot, hmm. that they heard the artist on radio. They went to go see the artist perform. The artist was opening for somebody very big, or they were big. Mm-hmm. At that, someone was opening for them, and the camper can say, "Do you realize that I knew I knew about this artist? <laughs> Anybody else did? I knew about this artist before they were known, and oh my God, they were on my camp property, and now they're playing." For 5,000 people. Hmm. And I think there's, there's something really um, sensational and, you know, very special about that, that even, you know, I'm sensitive to. I mean, I look at it when I hear an artist on the radio that's, you know, been on our tour and I realize, you know, they're going down that path they, they wanted to pursue. And, and here they are arriving. What, what, what's it like with the with, with the artists or or with the fans? You know, from a psychological perspective, like what do they? You know, is, is there any type of coaching or anything that the artists get from uh, you know from your team? You know, along the way, because 
I, I can imagine it's kind of be, you know, it can be overwhelming. I mean, it's a smaller stage, but it's still, it's still overwhelming, you know, or it's still, I mean, they're developing, their minds are developing and, you know, just uh, all these different things going on, let alone performing and going through some, something as, you know, so, you know, emotionally grueling and physically grueling as, as a live performance. It, what kind of things do, uh, do you guys do to help kind of prepare them or, you know, guide the artists? You know, we, we're, we're very selective in who we pick. Um, there's a process, there's a method to the madness, as there is with most tours. Uh, it's a different tour because, you know, there, it's not ticket sales, so it's not based on, you know, advertising dollars or promotion or, oh, my gosh, I hope we can fill a stadium. You know, that's not the level that we're at yet. This is developing. Mm-hmm. But there's very key things that have, to, that have to happen. And sometimes an artist could be great for this tour, but or their music might be great, but their performance is not ready. Mm. And I may know that it's not going to resonate with the campers. And if it doesn't resonate with the campers, they will lose interest no matter how many of them are standing there. So, you know, it's more about really explaining to the artist, listen, are you coming on this tour as a track act? Well, I highly suggest that track acts, when there's three bands per tour date and the other bands may be bands fully rocking out, your track act may may get lost in what's happening. When you say, I'm sorry, when you say track act, what, what does that mean? Meaning, meaning that the artist is playing to track and there's no real band around them. Ah, uh, okay. So that, you know, sometimes the a, a, a camper or campers may think, is this artist lip syncing? Because they mm. hear, they see there's no one around, but the artist is performing and that's not the case. It may be instrumentals mm. and the artist is actually singing. So, you know, it's, it's, the, it's the perception. Hmm. So I will discourage an artist um, or explain to them that this just may not be the time and that we truly aren't going anywhere and that we want them to have the best experience they can. Um, you know, obviously them being a reference, them tweeting, them writing on Facebook, you know, those artists talking highly of this is imperative and their energy is imperative. And obviously if they feel that, they're not getting the reaction from the kids that they want, they're going to lose energy, but they need to bring energy to begin with. You know, mm-hmm. I, I simply say, I'm bringing the kids. I'm bringing the campers. You need to bring the show. You mm-hmm. need to bring the performance. You need to deliver. You don't need to play 20 originals. Um, you need to think about, is there a cover or two that the kids can connect with mm-hmm. and that you can play not to make yourself sound exactly like the band you're covering, make it sound different, make it be unique, make it be something that the kids are like, wow, I love that version. It was a ballad, but you played it fast. Hmm. You know, those are all the things that, that are, that are crucial. And we do give that advice and we do talk to the artists a little bit about how to focus on their social media around this, um, things that they, you know, can do and say on property and encourage them to partake again in the day before the, the concert starts. But, you know, if you're going to have an artist that is going to be exhausted because this is an exhausting tour, then I'd rather not have them on there. Um, and, you know, and we're, you know, we're pretty detailed in our expectations and contractually speaking, those expectations need to be met too. That you settle down 
In what ways have your own live music experiences, you know, influenced uh, how you've approached uh, the live music experiences for uh, for Camplified? From the Camplified perspective and from a live performance, I mean, there's going to be bands that perform live that that I go to see in concert that are not going to be the bands you're going to see on this tour because they've reached a certain level at that point and they are who they are and that's and that's beautiful. Um, you know, if I if I said Look, I love the way Coldplay gets out there. I love the way Chris Martin gets on his, um, you know, piano or keyboard, and you just know he's feeling everything that he is, every note he's hitting. It's he's feeling the intensity of that. You have someone with the beautiful voice of Adele. She gets on stage. She's got an orchestra behind her, but she stands there. You could close your eyes. You don't need to see her doing backflips or jumping around like a indie pump punk, uh, pop rock band, you know, she's going to just resonate with you because her voice is what I call her instrument. Not everybody plays an instrument. Adele doesn't need to play an instrument. Her voice is the instrument. <laughs> That's a whole different kind of experience. And yet I can go from Coldplay to Shinedown to Adele and really get something out of everybody. What I think is, is extremely vital and what artists tend to do or do that, that, it well, even going to a Jay-Z Eminem concert, is that it's the delivery and it's the connection you have with your audience. I often wonder sometimes when people are singing songs that they didn't write, which is okay, because, mm -hmm. you know, I'm not a writer, and if, some, and if I had a voice and I could sing somebody else's lyrics, it's just important that you truly feel what you're singing. Because when you sing something to a crowd that didn't come from you, or it didn't feel like it was yours, like, wow, you wrote the song about my breakup experience, or you wrote the song about me having my first child and what it meant to have my first daughter. You know, it's, I can't sing this because I don't feel this. That's, that's very, very, very tough. And the audience can feel the disconnect. And now you just lose them all together. So what I've wanted from the artists that perform on our tour I remember an artist saying to me something a few years ago that I say tonight because, again, it's something I never forgot. Hmm. An artist that was on my tour, a band, that was an incredible band. They had unbelievable recordings. They were very successful in the studio with recording what they had recorded for their album. The kids loved their album. When they came on stage, they were so about the music they really felt the music, that the intensity by which they performed their instruments on stage by looking down at their instruments and really feeling strumming along or, you know, or, you know, taking the drumsticks and hitting the drums, whatever, whatever it may have been, they were very caught up in their instruments. Hmm. They said, there's a disconnect here because this other band comes on no one can understand a word that that band is singing, let's be honest with each other. <laughs> Jumping off of trampolines and you know, um, flipping into the crowd, the kids are going crazy because they're on top of speakers. It's, you know, they're, they're crawling around on people's hands. Um, you know, people are jumping on people's backs. You know, it's not a mosh pit. We are, we are careful and... <laughs> But all of a sudden, that band comes off stage, and I say to the kids, 
Did you love the band? Oh my God, we love the band. What'd you love most? The backflips. Was there any song that really hit you? Uh, no, but we liked the beat. You know, <laughs> it was really cute. And the other band said to me, one of the things we learned from your tour, what your tour ha has taught us, which was so different from anything I ever thought, was that we may be great musicians. In fact, we are great musicians, but we are not great performers. Hmm. And what your tour is going to do for us, it's going to be live rehearsals in front of an audience to get our kinks out. Hmm. And we're going to learn how to actually make an audience react to us because it's not about how great we are on our guitar. When we are playing to an audience, we need to affect them and we're not affecting them. And that's something that we learned from this other band over here. Hmm. It was pretty profound in a very crazy kind of way to me that they were willing to acknowledge that, tell me about it, share it with me. I'm not a musician and I certainly have no business being on stage. I never forgot that. And when you asked me earlier, do you tell bands things in advance? Yes, I actually tell that story hmm. so that bands can understand. Please don't forget, we respect you as musicians. We're not taking anything away from that, but you're not recording a CD right now with no one watching. You're in front of an audience. Deliver your music. Uh, as far as live uh, live shows go, you've probably seen lots lots of uh, uh, concerts. Uh, what would be some of your favorite all-time experiences that you've had at a show, and and why would you rank them as your 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 favorites? Yeah, it's a good it's a good question. Um, can I get back to you tomorrow? Like, <laughs> um, I thoroughly it, uh, concerts for different reasons of course sure i thoroughly enjoyed um the jay-z eminem concert at yankee stadium for one it was my first time at the new stadium number two it was seeing two profoundly different artists um from similar type of backgrounds but in two very different places reach their goals in life and um and, you know, not apologize for how they began, which they don't need to apologize for. It's who they are now as far as I'm concerned. That's one opinion. But to also see some of the things at that moment that Eminem had gone through prior to this show and how he rehabilitated and he came on stage. And, you know, I in the past had seen an angrier Eminem. Mm -hmm. And this time I was seeing an extremely happy and appreciative Eminem, not that he wasn't appreciative before, but, you know, he had to face his own demons. I think a lot of us have. So again, nothing wrong with that, but to see him so, um, you know, feel, you know, the feel that the breath of fresh air from him, that life had taken on new meaning for him. And, and you were able to feel that from the crowd. So that's, you know, one very different type of show, but, you know, then there are shows that I've gone to, um, let's just say over and over again, seeing you too, or even the Rolling Stones. What's been interesting to me about that 
is, well, I'll even go as far as to say Tina Turner or Bette Midler, and that's all very different. But what that says to me is also a generation thing, that I go to a lot of concerts with my, with my parents, and I can go to plenty of concerts with my friends, but I actually really enjoy going with my parents. And I, I guess I should put Madonna in there, too, especially some of the older Madonna shows. <laughs> and one of the greatest things about going with my parents is, yeah, they're older than me, but they're not in their minds. They're, they have probably more energy than I do. They appreciate the concert. They appreciate what they're seeing. They see it from their own perspective, but many times the same way that I see it. Sometimes I'll point things out to them during the show that they would not have caught on to because they're not supposed to. And then, (laughs) like, oh, my God, I didn't realize that. Like, maybe they didn't realize it's the first time so-and-so is coming out and performing on a certain instrument, and that is something they didn't do for years and something that they were not a part of or or why they're going to sing this certain song, what meaning it has to them, and then it becomes more meaningful to the person listening to it. They know the story behind it. So, but to know that, we may come from two different generations, but we are fused together by music. So it doesn't matter what age we are, we're going to appreciate the same show. And then to walk out of there and say, you know, hey, Dad, you, you knew you two back when there, I guess, was Joshua Tree and maybe before that. You know, I know you two now. Um, there is that little bit of generation gap, but at the same time, we both appreciate you two on stage, no matter what album we originally got turned on to by them. And, you know, Madonna, the same thing for, for a very different reason. I mean, you know, she's a marketing genius. It's not taking <laughs> her, get her on stage and let her do her thing. And again, I guess until recently, you know, I've been, I've been crazy about her. I'm still crazy about her. I just want to see a little bit more of, you know, that Madonna come back because that's, that that's the best. So, you know, as far as the performances, it, it, it runs the gamut for me. You know, and I don't take anything away from country music or Christian music. I've seen artists get on stage and give, a, you know, a performance of their lifetime. And I am just blown to pieces by what they do. And I may not have had their album prior, go to the show. And now, you know, now I got to have every song. Mm. Yeah, that's 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 uh, that's great. Thank you, uh, thank you so much for uh, telling the telling the story there. That uh, the Eminem is uh, is you, you, you got me thinking back to I saw him at Lollapalooza for the second time, and uh, you you got me thinking about uh, that show again and some of the things I liked and didn't like. So it's uh, it's always great to talk with fellow concert fans about your experiences. Stuff like this always uh, tends to kind of. Uh, stoke the creativity as well. So, uh, Amy, thank you very much for uh, for joining us and sharing Campified's story and your concert experiences. Uh, definitely was a, was a pleasure hearing hearing everything. Well, Christopher, thank you as well. And being that you are about to become a father, um, congratulations in advance. Ha- you know, happy and healthy. I'm, I'm sure everything's going to work out fine there. Um, but it's exciting, and um, you know, just hang in there. And I'm sure everything's going to be just great. All right, welcome back. That was uh, great fanta- interview. Yeah, fantastic chat, man. I mean, we uh, covered a lot of things in a short amount of time, and uh, and you could tell she's someone who really appreciates live music. Live music is a big part of her on life on many levels. Many levels. Uh, obviously, you saw that it's the uh, one of the key uh, 
key things that brings her and her parents together. You know, I mean, that's that's kind of interesting to think about that. Uh, one of the things that we'll go back to that in just in just a moment. But one of the things that struck me during uh, during our chat, and as I you know thought about it uh, a little bit more after you know our initial chat here, but um, was the uh, the advice that she gives the the kid performers about uh, you know being great musicians versus being great performers, and I think that that's that's something that uh, fascinates me because we've we've seen some uh, one particular group well actually two uh, here in Chicago uh, kids these days and um, uh, Kate Diaz so uh, and, and the reason I bring those two artists up is because I think they're they're examples of kids that are beyond their years what, what it seems you know and and ever since my chat with Amy I've been going back to those experiences of seeing both of those to you know kids these days and Kate Diaz perform live and and going back to those shows where I saw them uh and I'm trying to think is it that they were advanced in their musicianship or advanced in their skills as a performer you know because I think kids can develop, you know, one or the other and pull and pull it off. But it seems to me that the most important thing to develop as a kid early on, if you're going to be a, a musician, is really your skill as a, as a performer. Not necessarily can you play things really, really well. Because you see these, you know, you see these uh, YouTube videos of these blues kids that play these, like, guitar riffs. Like, they're like kid geniuses. But that's all they can do and they don't you know they wow you with their you know they're going up and down the fret neck and you know guitar neck and everything but they're not necessarily like really performers where they can exude their emotions and on i stage, think that's the case for adults i mean that's the case for adults too you know right, obviously that right. they're the the idea of performing performers and musicians yeah. you know i mean you look at some of the greatest musicians that you know ever existed and they were great performers you know, they were on stage. They made a statement on stage. Sometimes they were arrested. You know, on stage, sometimes they did things that were shocking and awing to people, and it was talked about on the you know morning news the next day. Do so you think Jim Morrison was someone who was a great performer and not necessarily a great musician? Maybe he had both. Or great I mean, singer? you know, maybe he had both. I mean, it's hard. I can look back now and and watch videos and mm-hmm. and all that, but I wasn't there. So I think. To really what do you see someone's more, what performer, do you think is more, most important. Well, I think I think I think someone being a performer, you really can't gauge it unless you're there. Mm-hmm. Like their performing skills, unless you actually see them in person perform. I don't I don't sure. know that you can really gauge it. I mean, we can watch videos after videos of you know people like Janis Joplin and you know Jimi Hendrix and um, Madonna and um, Alice Cooper. Right. You know, and those kind of things, but, um, and uh, Ozzy Osbourne, right. you know, those. I mean, we can watch videos over and over again, sure, but I don't sure. know that we really understand what their performance quality is unless you're there. So if you're going to sit, let's say, you know, Calvin, uh, 10 years from now, you're going to sit him down, you want him to be on tour, and you want him to, you know, be a musician, would you sit him down and say, work on your performance more than your guitar skills get your guitar skills pretty good but make sure that you can be a performer better i would think if the goal is to be on tour and be this a musician you'd have to work on both and i it looks like this camplified um experience allows you know allows a person to work on both Mm -hmm. because i think the reality is is that you're in this when you 
sign up to be a musician or an actress, you're in the spotlight. You are in the spotlight. Mm -hmm. And with this day and age with cell phones, um, they can record your every moment, every move. And you've got TMZ and you've got these these blogs and, and all kinds of things, podcasts. Everything is recorded. Everything can be recorded. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that you just, I think you have to be careful of that, you know. And I think that um, as a wanting to be a musician, you have to be able to be in the spotlight and what that looks like. And I think that's why some people that maybe start out as actresses or actors do better, at, you know, as musicians. Right. And if you look Sometimes. at certain, you know, non musical situations, you know, you have IQ and you have, you know, the emotional quotient, you know, the emotional, uh, emotional IQ, you know, and there's certain people that you can be really, really super smart, but you don't know how to relate to people. You don't know how to have those intangibles, as they call them, to, you know, uh, be a great presenter or, you know, just really relate with, with people, not just on an intellectual level, but on an emotional level, you know, and it seems that... Um, those two key factors, elements come into play big time with when it comes, you know, which child performers seem to rise and grow and develop. You know, you look at somebody like Michael Jackson and Jackson 5, you know, it seemed like he had both of those, you know, together, you know, with, with that. But he didn't write a lot of his own songs. You know, he had songwriters. So he might have had more gifts and talents as a performer, not necessarily as a musician, mm-hmm. you know. Justin Beaver. You know, let's throw yeah. him out there. You right. know, um, just recently there was uh, on Dr. Drew, his mother was on Dr. Drew just recently we watched, and right. she kind of talked about her personal experiences. She recently uh, published a book, and um, she talks a little bit about how she she mothered Justin Beaver. Mm-hmm. And, and I think when you're talking about being a performer, what's great about camps like these and experiences like these, you have professionals who can guide you in performing and can guide you in musicianship. And I don't know that parents necessarily have, are capable of doing that with some of these child you know, child They can't separate themselves stars. or something from... I, I think you have to be very careful. I think sometimes, yeah, it is hard. You know, I'm a, I think that's why it's always important when you have someone who's an athlete, too. They have coaches. Uh-huh. You know, sometimes their parents are their coaches, so, you know, sometimes that's not a great great mix but I think it's always good to have another mentor another person coaching you and guiding you that's been there before I think it goes bad that like Britney Spears mom was her manager it's questionable because now you know maybe, when or, they get older you know, you know I mean, they're changing their obje- you know objective and, and really guide her or you know look at her daughter in a different way and tell her some things that maybe somebody who who can't you know who has an objective pr- perspective on it can right. can be honest with her you know well, and look at the Judd sisters or the Judd, the, the mother and daughter that, you know, they, um, you know, toured together and basically were in a band together. And there's there's a lot of turmoil there and there was a lot of great probably moments and experiences they went through. But, you know, that, that, that again is, you know, do they get the coaching or were they was were they just going, you know, flying by the seat of their pants? You know, so I think it's so important to have again coaches and you know people that are going to guide these stars especially young stars in the right direction yeah you know and the thing i liked about campified and, and sharing here on the show is that it's not just about the artist that it 
it's covering the whole gamut of uh, the, the concert experience, which is, you know, it's allowing fans, the kid fans, to experience these, you know, kid stars and kind of see them on a different level, give them that VIP experience, as, as she, you know, she mentions. And then also, you know, having the opportunity to uh, become a, a writer about live music at the camp level, I think that's really something that's really underserved that, um, you know, there's, you got the, the fans and you got the artists and usually in between you have the writers, the critics or whoever you want to, you know, whatever you want to call them, you know, they, uh, don't, you know, the, the, that, that part of the, uh, concert experience doesn't always get, you know, the development of it. So, uh, Campify is giving kids the opportunity to learn how to write about live music or learn how to interview the artists backstage, things like that. I think that's really cool. I mean, that's, and it's that's a chance to that, give back. Uh, you know. It's a chance to give back for some of these stars. You know, I was looking at some of the artists on the website, um, Camplified.com has, that's the website that the Camplified is, it's Camplified.com, and um, it's, I mean, you, everyone should, should go and check it out if they're interested for anyone in their life that, um, again, is 6 through about 17, 18, um, that would be interested in getting involved and learning some skills as far as um, live music and um, and writing and blogging and that kind of stuff, so... Um, but but check it out and and like I said, there's artists on there and it looks like a lot of the artists were had been have been around for a long time in the business, so they know what they're they're talking about, you know. And then that's I mean that's huge. That's that's probably one thing. That's a huge benefit of going. And then um, you know they can learn what the downfalls were of being. You know maybe this isn't you know that you could go and find out. Maybe this isn't for you. This isn't something that you know as a kid star is this what you want to get into. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If you're, you know, that's, that's a great point too. Part of the experience, I know when I did internships at coming out of college, most of the internships I do, most all of them that I did helped me figure out what I didn't want to do, you know, and narrowed it down. So absolutely, if your kid's thinking about this, it, you know, Campified seems like a good thing for them to do with, uh, with the goal of kind of narrowing things down. You know, do they want, you know, do they want to be an artist or do they enjoy that, uh, you know, do they... You know, it's 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 uh, and it appears yeah. most of the camps are on the well-rounded east coast. Experience, right? It appears most of the camps are on yep, the east yep. coast. So if you live in that area or wouldn't mind the travel to that area for the the summer, mm-hmm. um, you should check it out. That just about wraps it up. Uh, again, thank you to uh, to Amy and to Campified for sharing the story. Again, you can go to uh, livefixblog.com. We'll have all the links and some videos, things like that, where you can go and learn more about. Campified, check it out, sign up, uh, get on the tour uh, experience for next uh, next year. So, uh, again, thank you very much for listening. Again, uh, if you guys are a camper who went to Campified and you want to share your story here on Live Fix, uh, go ahead and let us know. Drop a comment, uh, livefixblog.com, or uh, give us a buzz on the Concert Fan uh, Hotline at 773-609-4341. Uh, until next time, uh, we will see you guys later. Thanks for listening. 